0: fifth line mike todd here in arena host for your columbus blue jackets and you're listening to the subjectively speaking podcast and now here's jeremy paul and laura norman
1: what is up everyone and welcome to another edition of subjectively speaking my name is jeremy and i'm laura And honestly, when we just did that, it reminded me of the times when we used to say our full government names. Do you remember that? (laughs) I do. And I also
0: remember when I said, hey, I think we should take our last names out of it. And And it took us us a little while to get used to only saying our first names.
1: I know. And then our good friend Mike Todd still says our government name,
0: as he should, because he's introducing us.
1: This is true anyway y'all welcome on into this brand new edition of subjectively speaking um we've got some fun stuff to talk about we've got hockey to talk about it's back the content's being made for us we're not having to find it and we love that we're big fans of that and so we've got a lot to get to today so laura how are you doing on this wonderful thursday well friday for our listeners hopefully they're enjoying their weekend or getting ready for their weekend but how are you tonight
0: I'm great because we are recording with our brand new podcast stuff. Um, I am thankfully no longer having to record on my phone. That was two very nightmarish weeks of having to do that.
1: We um, stand, we stand we, growth. We stand development.
0: Yes. Uh, we also stand um, being incredibly blessed with a little bit of a nest egg because of this podcast and our network and all of our incredible listeners that have bought merch or (laughs) listened all the way through for a DraftKings um, (laughs) ad read and have allowed us to have a little emergency cash for when things do go to shit. And they did go to (laughs) shit very quickly. (laughs) And we needed to get some upgraded stuff. Um, So I'm just super happy. Um, And plus it's it's International Podcast Day. So why not celebrate new podcast equipment on International Podcast Day?
1: It's the perfect day to do it. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, But on International Podcast Day, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Well, actually, some of it's not fun for some people because some of it is them um, having to go home. But before we even get into, like, the hockey part of it, I texted Laura before we got ready for the podcast. And I was like, I'm just going to tell you a story on the podcast because it feels like good podcast fodder. And I just wanted her to be able to react naturally um, for you all because I feel like we'll all enjoy it better that way. So decide to enter an establishment this evening of which your ID gets checked at the door. And this college student looks me dead in my eyes and says, I can't take this what beg your pardon like what do you mean and i was like uh why and in my head i'm like oh shit did my license expire in july like if so like i've been driving on an expired license for three months like i'm like i'm like 24 like i'm not just like barely just turned 12 like i'm like we're here we've been here we've done this and he's like this is fake dude (laughs) What do you mean? What do you mean that? So, yes, tonight I got accused of using a fake ID to enter a bar um, in my lovely college town. And... Um, can I... Can I ask why he thought it was fake? I have... I don't have the enhanced license. I have the, like, Ohio, like the like, the old ones. And so he was, like, looking at it and, like, flicking it and, like, bending it. And I was like, I... Like, I don't know. But I... Incriminating here. Used a fake ID in my life before. Never once was my fake ID ever even looked at twice. I go in with my government-issued, state-issued license, <laughs> and they're like, "No, actually, this is fake." So,
0: I mean, I don't, I don't know that we need to be admit, admitting to crimes on on the podcast, but I don't know at all. It's fine. That so how how did he get convinced
1: that your ID was real? I just was like, my guy, if you think this is fake, that's fine. Like, like thank you, but like it's not. Like, and he just let me in. But I was like, what? Like, I don't know. All for a hot nut.
0: Aw, uh, kind of. Worth know. It for a hot nut.
1: Right? I know. Just one. It's
0: chilly outside. Perfect so- weather for it yeah it was like 95 degrees the last time we had one
1: yeah that's true i was sweating it was not cute nevertheless i got one and now here we are um so laura you are of course the most in tune with your emotions in this duo and so could you hurt us a little bit by letting us know the blue jackets who are not going to be in camp anymore, either going back to their junior squad or, um, you know, other duties as assigned.
0: <laughs> yes. So the Blue Jackets did make their first official round of cuts today. There should be no real surprises in the list that I'm about to go over. Um, a lot of these people, um, they're just not ready yet to go into the AHL or into the main roster um, or things just weren't working out at camp, um, which is totally fine. It's also not a huge number. I mean, we're still at 56 guys. So we got a lot of cutting down to do over the next, you know, week and a half. So, but so, yeah, so the first round of people to be cut from the team Essentially, we have a list of players who will be returning to their um, junior league teams. We have forward uh, Ben Boyd, uh, defenseman. Oh, my God. I'm going to just.
1: Is it Ole Bjork oh, Holm?
0: It is. Thank you. <laughs> I
1: love Ole Bjorkvig Holm.
0: Um, I do as well, but thank you for not making me butcher his name. Um, and then forward James Malatesta, forward Martin Reisavi? Reisavi?
1: Yes, sure. Sure.
0: Um and then defenseman Stanislav
1: Svozl. Svozl, Yeah, Stanislav Svozl.
0: There we go. See, everyone else just thought it was Jeremy who hated reading names. It's me too. Um and then we have a short list of players who uh, we have released from tryout contracts, um, which essentially makes them free agents into whatever. Um, but we have goalie Emmerich Despati, defenseman Gerard Keen, forward Caleb Lawrence, forward Peter Reynolds, and defenseman Mark Woolley. So all of those players were released from their duties at camp today. Um, actually, technically they were released last night, but announced today
1: I think like you said like none of those should surprise anybody like I I think you pretty much expect for all those folks to be going back to whatever they were doing before this Whether that's um you know going back to their junior assignment or trying to find an opportunity elsewhere maybe in another league and so the one player out of that list that I, I was impressed with, like obviously not anywhere near enough to be like, this is somebody who should be considered to make the team. Um, I mean, he's an 18-year-old, like and a young 18-year-old at that is James Malatesta Like, I I thought, like, obviously, like there are some issues with this game. Says me, right? The guy who can't fucking skate. But like, at the end of the day, like his speed, like he's so quick. Like he has potential to be like re like like that could be his bread and butter is the speed. Um, and he's also chippy, like, like he's, he's pretty like aggressive, like, and he knows what he wants. He knows what he, what his style of play is and he plays it. And I thought that that was really fun to watch. And so I'm excited to see what the blue jackets draft pick from this year's draft is going to, to accomplish in his NHL career. It's still going to be another two or three years before we see him at nationwide arena. Like on a full-time basis, but nevertheless, he's somebody that out of that list that you just read, I actually felt pretty good about in camp. I also didn't realize that Ole Bjorkvic-Holm would have to return back to his junior team because I'm fairly certain he played in Cleveland last year, and I thought that he would be qualified for an exemption to play in Cleveland again this year based on the, like, if players played in the AHL last year because their teams weren't playing in Canada. So I, I saw that too. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I just must've misunderstood that rule. Can we all agree that that's like a weird rule? Like the 20 year old rule in the CHL.
0: Yeah, it is a weird rule, weird rule. Um, And definitely our friends, um, our friend Dina who covers the monsters definitely pointed some things out on Twitter about it being strange and a little disappointing that they wouldn't be seeing him, um, back in Cleveland. But, you know, I think probably that can change depending on how long his junior season lasts and what the monsters are doing once they get rolling, um, this season. So we, it won't probably won't be the last that we see him during this, uh, the 2021, 2022 season, but, like we said, these are people that are going to be um, in the pipeline for a while. So these names aren't going to go away with the exception of the last five that I read that were on um, tra- or training camp um, sort of invites. Um, the ones that are returning to their juniors are still in our pipeline and we will probably see them again or, um, you know, trade them off to other other teams for picks or, you know, whatever Yarbo wants to do, but won't be the last time we hear a good amount of those names, but always an interesting time when they start to make cuts and especially for, um, for Lars to, to make his first round of cuts during camp. You know, he's starting to make, make those big, big coach moves. So.
1: the I have to imagine that's like, just such a shitty part of that job, though. <laughs> like, I have to imagine, like, having, like, I, you know, Portsline tweeted last night that there was a line of players that were lined up outside of the Blue Jackets locker room waiting to hear their fate. And just how how shitty is that to, like, be standing in that line? And, like, what, what kind of small talk do you make with the guy next to you knowing full damn well that you're both going to the slaughterhouse? Like, again, keeping in mind that this is not – these are not players that, like, you're looking at and saying, oh, this is my last chance ever to make the NHL. But still, like, that, that has to sting. Like, that has to be no fun. And to be the coach, to be like, hey, buddy, not going to work out this year. Even with those guys, that has to be no fun. I can't imagine, like, what those conversations are like when we get closer to the full-man roster. And it's like, hey, cold Cylinder, like, sorry, but – or, like, hey – like, do you know what I mean? Those are the things – that like that would be really, really hard. So I do not envy Brad Larson in the slightest uh, in the decisions that he has to make moving forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, especially as we start getting down into these more major cuts and with what the Blue Jackets organization is going through and some of the performances that we've seen from people that are a little bit even higher than we anticipated, there's going to be a lot of tough decisions and there's not a lot of spots. So like, there are going to be some interesting things that occur um, over the next week and a half, basically. Um, And it's exciting. It's going to be exciting to see who makes that final roster um, and who's going to be starting the season either in Columbus or down in Cleveland. Because, um, like we said before, you need—if you aren't already—you need to start keeping your eye on what Cleveland is doing and how they're going to be going through the season. Because that's our future, uh, right there. So, but along with some cuts, we also had a signing today.
1: We did. We did.
0: Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets have signed um, goaltender uh, Jean, uh, Jean-Francois correct?
1: Yeah. Berube. Usually, usually just JF is how I always see it. Like, I think he just goes, I don't know if he goes by JF, but like that's always how I see it written.
0: I do love his last name though. I think Ruby Ruby, Ruby, however you want to pronounce it um, to a one year, two way NHL AHL contract for 21, 22. Um, I've been really impressed with how he's done so far in camp. Um, I saw him during the scrimmages on Saturday um also we got to see him play last night. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, he did play. He played um oh god, how much the did he play? The third period last night. Yeah, 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 cuz Tarasov had the first two.
0: Mm-hmm. So, he's had some really solid performances and like we've said um in previous episodes, uh there's there's going to be some some fighting over that goalie 3 and 4 spot, um, and the front runner spot, um, up in Cleveland. So lots of fun things, but he already put out a statement saying how excited he is to continue on in this organization for another year. Um, and he's enjoying the opportunity to show, um, what he can bring to this organization. So very exciting to have a little positivity along with a little bit of sadness as we make these first cuts.
1: Yeah, you have to like what they're doing in Cleveland with the goaltending situation. So Barubi comes back in. um, He's previously with the organization in 2018. And so so it's nice to have a veteran presence kind of guy that's going to come in and make it so that Tarasov doesn't feel like he has to be the guy in Cleveland. This is the other thing too, right? Like keep in mind that depending on what happens with Korpisala, like I haven't seen any updates on his timeline of when, I mean like day to day or like, you know, those words keep getting thrown around, but who knows what that actually means in reality. And so who's to say that, you know, between Teresa, Rube, like one of those two guys could very well be the the day one backup because Corby's on the shelf. Uh, you know, obviously the way they're talking about the injury, I don't know that that's the case, but it's still, you know, worth noting. And so you've got guys like Cam Johnson, obviously, who's probably going to be your like, what I would probably consider to be your third string in Cleveland. Uh, but, you know, that's somebody who's probably going to get more ice time in Cleveland at the beginning of the year, especially if, if Corpus is hurt, or if we have any injuries up here in Columbus or down in Cleveland uh, in the goaltender position. but, uh, hopefully that is not the case. Hopefully that is not something that we <laughs> that we deal with here uh, in the in the season because this season is going to be rough as is. I would really like for it to not be riddled with injuries. That would obviously be be the number one priority or like the number one hope because ain't nobody got time for that.
0: Yeah, a healthy blue jacket is my favorite kind of blue jacket. So fingers crossed that we can avoid as many injuries knocking on wood. Um that would be great. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting. And yeah, they they haven't really said much about Corpy's injury. Um you know we'll talk a little bit here in a second about uh, an interview Corpy gave uh this week. So he's obviously still around and present <laughs> and he wants people to know
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah he um yeah he he doesn't he doesn't give a fuck um
0: verbatim he does not give a fuck about uh elvis's contract um or what people think that elvis's contract means which you know we have said in a number of different ways that it's you know the blue jackets made a a very specific statement when in signing elvis to a five-year contract extension but it also does not mean that corpy is going anywhere anytime soon. Now, you can look at that. I know, I know. But there are plenty of other people, analysts that look at it, too, that we keep them around. We do the tandem. We do this, that, or the other thing. Um, Again, stop looking at me like this. I am telling you what other people have said. I've been Uh, looking at
1: other people like that, too.
0: But the thing is, is it's all about understanding that Corby and Elvis are both number one goalies. This is not Elvis, you know, it's a very much a splitting hair situation. Um, And I think that that is a hard thing too for Corby and his image, because he's not on social media like Elvis is. He's not, you know, he doesn't have this presence. So a lot of time when he's not, in that forward facing part of the hockey community, the fan community, um it gets people, you know, saying kind of some crazy shit, but like he said, he does not give a fuck. He just wants to play hockey. He just wants to to be the best that he can be, and whatever that situation is with him and Elvis, it's going to be what it'll be. Um and Lars has said that too. It's going to be based on Play and performance and all that sort of stuff and what comes will be what comes but
1: yeah corby don't give a fuck put it on a shirt i yeah i just it's hard to believe right like here's what i think he has to do for him is just like be be as good as he can be when he plays and to really just like impress some folks you know uh potentially make a case for him to be one of the most targeted uh, you know, talents at the trade deadline and then do something, have a chance with a team that is making a run for it and like help them do that to a point where you then can secure your next contract. Um I would be willing to put money on the fact that his next contract is not what the club is I guess. <laughs> Like, I get I get the sentiment, like, of, like, oh, like, until he's not, he is. Which is true. Like, and I think that, like, as Blue Jackets fans, like, you have to, like, appreciate that and, like, appreciate him while he's here. But, it, it yeah, I think if you're a Blue Jackets fan, too, and you're a Corpusala fan, you're rooting for him to get the opportunity to do exactly that, right? Like, to be able to showcase his talents and, and get a good deal somewhere else. In a place where, like you said, like, he's going to be a number one goaltender because at the end of the day – Corpus and Elvis are, are both number one goalies. Like I think we could get into conversations about like the pedigree of which they are number one goalies, but um, nevertheless, those are two really stellar players. And I'm really excited for the chance to, to maybe one day be able to see the two of them battle toe to -to toe one on each end and just see who wins battle of wits, but like, you know, goalies.
0: You correct. And well, and I think if you want to say something as a fan, about the situation. You want to say out loud to the Blue Jackets to do whatever they can. If, if Corpy's, you know, path is out of our organization, that the Blue Jackets help to make that the best transition and the best possible options for him because he has done so much. Um, you know, he, w- he waited in the shadow of Bob for so long, um, and then he really came out and did what he we needed him to do when it was his time to shine. Um, and, you know, that's a lot. And Corby has grown. He has grown in his time in Columbus and he deserves to have the support um, of the team to make that next transition a good one for him and put him, you know, much in, in similar conversations that were had with, with Nick uh looking to be traded like having those conversations of like what's going to be the best options and where can we set you up for success like obviously if it's not the right time here in Columbus like where can we help you to make sure that you're you know obviously like maybe not to a metro team <laughs> so maybe to one of the other divisions so we're not facing him um quite so often but you know, that doesn't tend to, to work in our favor. Uh, but, you know, but it is. Corpy has done so much. We are big Corpy fans. Um. But, yeah, there's just been some drama. And I, I do really like the idea of a shirt that says, Corpy, don't give a fuck.
1: Where's Steven then? <laughs> Steven! Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, and I think, too, what's really exciting... Um, moving forward and thinking through is the fact that the Blue Jackets have started winning hockey games. But before we start talking about the Blue Jackets winning hockey games, I want to talk to you all about possibly winning some stuff. That's right, I'm talking about money. Week 3 of football is in the books and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week 4 with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because y'all do not want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150, not $100, I was wrong, $150 in free bets instantly. The Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, OH. Um, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply to DraftKings.com sportsbook. For details, gambling, pro- gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9 with it. I just get so eager to read that last part, that 1-800-9 with it, that I'd be stumbling over my words, girl.
0: It's okay. I, I totally forgot that um, I now mute myself when we're, like, talking or doing uh, ad reads and I definitely said, like, the IO out of the side of my mouth then remembered that the microphone was not picking it up, so...
1: That's I okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to—we need the Ohio legislatures to stop doing things like trying to like make sure that universities can't require vaccines, and instead work on sports betting. Um, so Priority. the blue, yeah, right. So the Blue Jackets—they're winning hockey games. I need everybody to not read so much into the preseason um you know obviously like it's fun to talk about like how certain players are looking and i think that's probably the more important conversation like we're not going to come into this conversation to talk about uh, the blue jackets 5-4 loss in overtime or in the shootout rather against buffalo as like this like oh what's going on losing a game because like that was that was the monsters versus the americans like that was not That was not um, a Blue Jackets-Sabers game. And so I think, like, when we're having these conversations during the preseason over the course of the next week or so, like, we're probably going to primarily talk about players. We're not really going to talk about results. But I know you all, you are result-driven people, and I get it. So the Blue Jackets 2-0-1 so far in this preseason. A 3-0 shutout against Pittsburgh, which that one I'm going to just, like, pocket because I got to make fun of my boss a little bit for it. Um talking about the tuxedo chickens. Um, and so when that one, as previously mentioned, the loss to Buffalo, and then uh, last night, or if you're listening to this on Friday, Wednesday night, the uh, win against the St. Louis Blues 5-2. to And so, and the loss and the fake shootout. But, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like, players are making impacts, and I think those are the people that we really, really spend the time talking about, and I hope Blue Jackets fans are taking the time to talk about too.
0: Right, yeah, this is preseason. these games do not mean anything. they no points are calculated. These are games for teams to practice. Um, do things still happen like they do in regular games like penalties and fights and all that sort of stuff and it is it is it good for team morale to win games and to get in, back into the groove, especially out of, you know, the, the last couple of years, because, you know, I even myself had to realize that it has been two whole years since we've had an 82 game season. So all of these players are looking at a much longer road ahead of them than they've experienced in the last couple of years. So yeah, preseason, don't stress it too much if we don't, you know, if we experience a loss. Yes. Did Jeremy make a funny comment the other night? When we were at the arena and up four one, he you know, he turned and looked at me and went, I think we're gonna lose this game. And that we did. We that did. we did lose that game.
1: <laughs> we but we did. had
0: fun. That was a fun game because we had a little entourage with us. Uh so shout out to Steven and Rachel and Maria for coming with us to Tuesday night's uh first home preseason game. It was so much fun to have friends with us in the arena, even though at one point we did. We were sitting separately, Jeremy and I, on either end, and they were like, "Can you guys stop yelling at each other over us?" And so then we just moved back to just sitting the two of us together. So
1: <laughs> it was probably it was probably a bad idea to start that way, but you know what? We made it through. Uh, <laughs> one of the things we were screaming about was Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, the way that he looked on Wednesday was really incredible. Like. Uh, I was really, you really can. pleased. Yeah, that too. Um when he played his hockey game. Uh I you know, it looked great. Like I, I think he looked really outstanding. Uh I think there are other players in that game that looked okay. Like I think oh god, I get I get it confused, right? Because like of how many people were like in and out and in and out. I'm fairly certain that Jack Ross is like, played in that game on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, Jack played with Oliver on Tuesday.
1: Yeah. So, Jack Jack looked okay. Like, Jack looked like he's still, like, trying to, like, work through some things, like, at center ice position. That's what the preseason's for. You're not coming into every preseason game ready to go full 100%, like, midseason form. And that's okay. He'll get there. Not too worried about it. Uh, and, and I just think Oliver, like... He's going to, like, take the NHL by storm this year. Like, I can feel it, especially depending on who he plays with, right? Like, I think I think there's this, like, idea that – this idea, like, it's line A and it's Vortech, and that's period, that's done. Like, those two are going to play together. But I think that Bjorkstrand is going to eventually have something to say about that, like, in his ability to also finish – and create chances like I just think that he's gonna have an opportunity to play with both of those players across the season and I'm really excited to see what that looks like because I just think it's gonna be lethal like I think when you take those three in any in any form you're probably gonna be happy with what you get on the back end and so I thought I thought he looked really great uh and yeah yeah
0: I agree I thought Oliver I I just he's just like a silent little assassin like I looked over at Steven uh, during the game on Tuesday and I said Oliver has a statement to make this season he has been living in the shadow of some former Blue Jackets players for a very long time and I think that he knows that you know because he's been steadily improving over the last couple of years having some of his you know his personal best seasons even in the midst of Blue Jackets craziness, he is beginning to see that the spotlight is moving and this is his opportunity. And I'm so excited to see, you know, what happens. He's going to be a leader on this team. He's going to be leading by example. Oliver is a quiet guy. He is not a rah-rah or a yeller. Like he is going to lead this team by example. And I'm excited to see it. And I think it's going to be, Really fun to see who his semi-permanent, you know, line mates are and who's going to help him achieve those goals. And to speak on another veteran real quick, my God, do I love Boone Jenner. Boone Jenner was just on it last night against the Blues. Had just a really incredible, you know, First preseason game for him, um, two goals and an assist. Um, Yeah, Boone's ready, I think. Boone is, I mean, he's been a leader for the last couple of years, but I think he's ready to to move into that full-on position. And he's also ready to show that he's more than just, like, the dependable guy. Like, he's got skills and he can... You know show off a little too so i'm i'm excited for boone and for jack
1: not jack oliver sorry <laughs> hey you got there you got there uh like right like it's hard to remember who played in which of these games and like what they're doing so i also like not talking about a veteran i there are players who again are are probably bubble players that lean more toward toward cleveland and that's okay uh, but players like Tyler Engel, like Tyler Engel had to.
0: Sorry, I need to just explain to the listeners really quickly the difference in Jeremy's attitude between Tuesday's game and Wednesday's game. Because <laughs> your reaction to Tuesday's roster was like, oh, fun. And then last night, Jeremy could not have been more excited.
1: I was to- lit. It was.
0: Yeah. So be excited to listen to him talk about some of these prospect players. Cause he was
1: pumped. I was, although to be fair, Tyler Engel did play in Tuesday's game. So um, you can't be out here. Girl, I just got diagnosed with ADHD. You can't be out here throwing me off my train in the middle of a sentence. Um, I think I was talking about Tyler Engel. Um, he looked really good. Uh, had two assists in the game against Buffalo again like somebody who's probably going to find himself starting the season in Cleveland but like on the short list in my opinion of players to come up and and play meaningful minutes in the NHL uh probably in a bottom six role if he gets the opportunity to I thought Jake Bean looked pretty good um there are a couple moments defensively where I was a little bit like there are a couple of moments that I just thought could have been better defensively but overall like I was pleased with that uh you know, again, bouncing back to Wednesday's game, uh, somebody who is way smaller than I thought they were is Adam Boquist. Like Adam Boquist is not as like like he's not a small man generally speaking, but like he's like I think the roster city is like five eleven, like one seventy-five, and it's like, oh my like in he's NHL standards, so like tiny.
0: he's just so tiny.
1: <laughs> are you doing your emotional like he would tower over you to be fair? No, i know but like on ice per- perspective he's just so tiny and it's just so narrow like he's very like he needs like he probably needs like get some more size to him like he's a very offensive defenseman so like he's not the kind of guy who's like gonna like like impose his will on you as a defenseman so like not having like size isn't necessarily like the end all beat all like but it is something that I think, if you're the Blue Jackets, you'd like to see him develop with, like over the course of the next few years, so that way he can contribute a little bit more toward like that, like the aggressive, like style of play that I think the blue line has possessed. Although, don't like another thing that we talked about too, like is how different some of this stuff has looked. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to be an expert. I don't think at hockey at you know, strategy to recognize that the power plays look very different over the course of of the last few games. And obviously the personnel is not 100% there because the people who are probably playing on your first power play line are split up between these groups. Like, like you're probably going to have Oliver Bjorkstrand. You're probably going to have Jakub Voracek. You're probably going to have, you know, you're going to have these players on that line. And so, once they finally get a chance to get together with that unit to like actually do what they're supposed to do. I think it's going to be really exciting to watch. This power play is going to be different. I think that's one of the things that you have to as a Blue Jackets fan look forward to and like be intentional about watching this season because there are going to be times where watching the game holistically might hurt you, but if you want to like break it down and like watch a player that is going to be really great or like watch something like the power play is one of those things in my opinion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think I mean, I've said it on here before that I'm not oftentimes the most confident in understanding plays and when things change and all that sort of stuff. But it's it's a noticeable difference between the past couple of years and now just the structure of the power play that they're working through. Um, like Jeremy said, the key the key players that you are gonna have on our power play lines are split up between the, you know, kind of three different groups that they're using right now for preseason games. So as we continue to do more cuts and as we get to these last, the last half of the preseason games, you're going to see those like more finalized lines come together, but it is just a completely different like feeling and structure to what we as Blue Jackets fans have experienced in the past. So, you know, like Jeremy said, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes and to see how it works within the player development um, but this is going to be a, a shocking thing for me to say, but I was impressed with Patrick Liney working on his defensive play yeah, and like he looked, being yeah. the, some really good defensive depth come from his brand of play um, last night when we watched him because that has been you know one of the things that a lot of people myself included. Um, have pointed out about him adjusting to being a Blue Jacket. Um, And yes, there are going to be a lot of different changes offensively for this team as we figure out players that we are going to build around. Um, But we're still, I think Lars is still going to hold on to that quality of like, yes, being a strong offensive player is important. Obviously, we need to score goals. We just need to score more goals in general as a team. But you still need to be able to play defensively in those roles. And that was something that Patrick had not experienced in the past um, coming from uh, the Jets. But you could tell a noticeable difference um, in how he played last night in the preseason game. So kudos. Kudos to Pat. I mean, not a down. Like Laura said it. Kudos oh, to Patrick Line. A.
1: This is going to be the advertisement for the episode for sure.
0: <laughs> great I'm excited yep. um, for really like beginning to work that into his game and I think that that's something for like Patrick Line is very young still so like super young guy but I think for the guys who are even younger than him I think it's important for them to see that an all-star level player is still learning and still figuring out his game and still adapting to like that's such an important lesson to see that you are ever changing as a player, as, you know, whatever team you end up on. Cause like with Cameron, even if you want to stay on a team for your whole career, doesn't necessarily happen. So, um, but yeah. So take take a heaven. shot.
1: Take a shot every time Laura brings up Cam Atkinson being traded from the Columbus Blue Jackets during the episodes this season. Don't cause I'm going to, I'm
0: going to be better. I'm going to stop mentioning it. I made a note to myself.
1: Um, I will say, not that I don't agree with you, like that he looked better defensively, but I will say like, I almost wonder too, like how much of that, of him looking better is a change in the approach of, of coaching him, like a change in, in how you handle the player. Because yes, he was, he was defensive. Like he like made plays that he wouldn't have made last year. But part of what I wonder also is like, has some of that like pressure to be so defensively perfect kind of been taken away a little bit in the sense of like recognizing maybe this isn't your strong suit of your game, like go out there and like do what you can. And like, I just feel like when we like as people, like in anything, right? Like even if we're good at something, if there's a lot of pressure on us to succeed at it, like it is instantly harder. And it's like, Like, so I just wonder, like, how much of that is also happening? Where are some of the reins being loosened a little bit? Because I agree with you. Like, I don't know that this team is going to completely abandon this idea of, like, being hard to play against. Like, I think that that's every team's mindset. But at the same time, I mean, I looked at last night's, you know, Wednesday night's stats, and this team got out hit, like, 20-something, like, five or six. Like, it's just, like, this team was, like, way like dominated physically, but at the end of the night you look at the scoreboard and you see a five two result. And that's like not the kind of games that the Blue Jackets have played over the course of the last two or three years. And so that's interesting to me, right? Where it's like can the Blue Jackets actually like be this team that like wins some five four games this year uh on on the back of some creative scoring uh by the likes of Jakob Voracek being, you know, integrated to the lineup. I mean like Again, I know it's a product of the cam trade, but (laughs) that, like, Boone Jenner's second goal is prime example of exactly why, and I think Jeff Savota, like, tweeted this too, like, prime example of why Jakob Vorchuk was brought in to be a Columbus Blue Jacket. Like, because he can create those plays, like, and he can make a guy like Boone Jenner, who's great, like, he's a great player, but, like, like, Boone Jenner like doesn't have a ton of multi-goal games in his career, right? But like you put him around guys like that, right? And all of a sudden, right? Like these goals, they just start appearing. They just start happening for these players that maybe it just hasn't happened for before. And that's what I'm most excited to see, right? Like who is going to have a breakout season because there is some actual ability to be creative offensively because maybe, just maybe, some of the play has changed. And I'm really excited for that.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, from what we've we've seen, what we've heard uh, Brad Larson say, what we've even heard, like, returning players say about the the new things are being integrated, I think the Blue Jackets are leaning more towards finding that balance, finding that balance between being a hard team to play against, but also still being a team that scores goals. And that's the direction we need to go in um, because – just being a team that's hard to play against burns your players out so quickly because you have to have so much more of a like interpersonal morale to get through games that you're not scoring a lot in. Um, Because ultimately like you just have to score more in this league. Like, and the blue jackets have been on the very low end of that for the last several seasons. So I'm pretty, I'm very positive about the moving towards more of a balance. And I do, I agree. I think it's going to motivate some of these players that haven't had the opportunity to have those breakout moments um, and, or to take, you know, some of the risks to maybe not pass that one extra time and to take the shot, like to have that confidence um, is really what, what we're looking for. So it's been some good things. It's been some really nice um, positive things that we've seen over the course of these first three games. Um, You know, we have yet talked about the other two people who played last night that Jeremy was very excited, um, which was Cole Cylinder and Igor Chinnikov, maybe. There's a very large debate about how that child's last name is said, but you know, Two, two prospective players who may just earn themselves a spot on this uh, this starting roster. And, you know, they're getting there. They're, they're letting them be um, in the team. The, the uh, veteran players are helping them, um, especially with Chinnikov, uh, who does not speak English, uh, so it has been a lot of trial and error. He did a really great interview last night after the game um, and really just spoke volumes of the respect that he has for his new teammates mm-hmm. um, who are really helping him uh, in this situation. Because I can't imagine to be in a brand new country, to be on the world's biggest stage for hockey, um, to be this player that so many people are talking about. And you just don't understand 75% of the stuff that's being said to you (laughs) outside of hockey terminology. Cause he even said, he's like, I know hockey talk, like hockey talk. I understand. And I, you know, but you're existing in, in a world outside of the rink too. And um, I think it speaks volumes to how much the guys are stepping up to um, help him feel comfortable. And cause there's a high likelihood that we're going to be seeing a lot of him and a lot of Cole Sillinger.
1: I think the question is, right, so, like, obviously, like, they have both looked good. Igor Chinakov's shot is just stupid. Like, it's good. Like, it's really good. And, like, both of them could play on this team. I think what you have to ask is, like, At this point in time, the question should probably be more about what's best for Cole Sillinger and what's best for Yogor Chanakov versus what's best for the Blue Jackets. And I know that sounds stupid because ultimately, like, what's best for those two is ultimately going to be best for the Blue Jackets. But like, I'm not here to say that the Blue Jackets are playing for draft picks. Like, that's not what I'm here to say. I would never say that because I'm a hockey fan. Like, and I, at the end of the day, this team could put a whole bunch of me's out there on the ice, and I would still be like, I think that this team could possibly maybe try to do something. It's delusional. But, like, at the end of the day, right, like, I'm rooting for my team to win a Stanley Cup every fucking year. You can't tell me otherwise. But, like, at the same time, if you do this thing that the Blue Jackets have been so guilty of in the past, like, when they develop players and they rush these guys onto the ice, like, like, I'm not here to say that What's best for Cole Salinger? What's best for you, Gorchenakov? Like, that might be playing in the NHL. Like, that might be what's best for their development. Uh, And that's fine. Like, that's great. It's going to be challenging. There are going to be nights. If that's the thing, right, though, like, there will be nights where they both look bad. Like, like, that's just a fact. Like, that's just, like, nobody is perfect at their job for the first year that they do it. And so Blue Jackets fans are going to have to, like, get over that hill. Like if they do make this team, like like Igor Chukanov is not going to end every game with four or five shots. He's not going to end the season with 50 goals. Like and that's okay. Like like that's not what you're bringing those guys on to do necessarily. Like you're helping them develop. And so this year has to be about that for them. It does not have to be about if Cole Cylinder's on this team will the Blue Jackets get four more points in the season. Like it's just not what it can be about. Like it like I don't know. Maybe that's not the right way to look at it, but ultimately like if those two end up not making the team, but they have a chance to go and develop really intentionally in a place like Cleveland, sign them up. Like that sounds great. I will watch from down here in Athens. I will take a couple trips up 77 North and I will go watch the monsters and I'll go watch those two light the lamp and that's fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that that the best example of And I think some people will argue with me, but like the best example of like rushing something when we didn't need to rush it is Liam Foodie. Like, I definitely think that there were several moments that we rushed him into the NHL level experience without giving him the opportunity to adjust to this level of play to get the amount of ice time that he needs to perform um, at the level that he can. Um, There was a great level So much more confidence in him last night um, when he was playing, but you know we're looking at he's had a couple years now, still very young, but still growing. And I would hate to see, you know, obviously everyone loves when a team gets like a a red hot prospect, and you know they have all this talk about this, that, or the other thing. But you know, like Jeremy said, we can't blow this out of proportion like it's the world is ending if you know one or both of them ends up going and playing in Cleveland instead of starting with us or you know because the important part is that these players are getting ice time and they're getting the opportunity to play you know especially for Igor Chinnikov to play on North American ice which is different than playing over in Russia and in the KHL and the European leagues it is a different arena or rink size it is a different speed of game so he needs to have that opportunity just like learning any kind of skill you need to have the time to practice it and if so again the world is not going to fall apart if neither one of them or only one of them makes it to the starting roster for the blue jackets but what it does mean is that potentially down the line we will be able to see really big things for them on the main ice on the main roster. Um, but it is nice to see them have these opportunities and see the skills up close and personal um, that we've been hearing about for so long. Uh, so yeah, it's a, I love preseason. It's an exciting time. I love watching them learn. We both work in education. So like learning students, all those sorts of things, like that's our, it's our know, two, yeah, we have a soft spot and, you know, encouraging of all that sort of stuff. But, so yeah, so if you haven't made it out to a preseason game or you haven't started paying attention to them, um, hopefully you will. Um, The next time the Blue Jackets hit the ice will be Saturday um, against Detroit in Detroit. So we will get to see what the Red Wings are working with. Um, And Zach probably won't play that game, but he'll probably go up and say hey to his bestie, Dylan Larkin. So... (laughs)
1: <laughs> no doubt, I I'm excited for this pre. I make I love the preseason, but I'm excited for us to be at the end and like look at look at the thing. Cause like you said, there are still 56 people here. That's there's, there's still two hockey teams.
0: That's, yeah, because in case you didn't know that, 56 people don't play on the Blue Jackets.
1: They don't, <laughs> and and so like there are obvious cuts that probably exist out of those 56. There are obvious people who are going to make the team. Breaking news like Patrick Line is going to be on the team. Ellis Merzlikens is going to, be on the team. going to be on the team. Like these are players that are going to be on the team. So like, like obviously like a lot of spots are spoken for, but can't wait to see who out of those 56 like possibly surprises us because that's the fun stuff.
0: And there's going to be some transition pieces too, because as we talked about, we've got a couple of injuries. Um, so there's going to be some people early on that float back and forth. Um, because obviously, like we talked about,
1: because if you don't know well, it already, you know. folks, Max, Max Domi is not
0: a January.
1: I just <laughs> wanted to say it for you so that way you didn't have to get upset with the people who say he's starting.
0: It's okay, but I hope people get excited for what he does. I love Max Domi, so I'm excited for him to be uninjured um, and ready to play. But, but no, like Max and Corpy, um. So we're going to see some sort of like some swing players who will go back and forth throughout. But that's the exciting part is, you know, you have those bubble players. You have the people that are going to go straight to Cleveland who need the time in Cleveland. And then you're going to have your, your, you know, your standards that are going to be there holding up, holding up our roster um, and getting it going. But man, did it feel good to be back in Nationwide Arena
1: It it so
0: nice.
1: I'm not convinced that the attendance wasn't less than the COVID attendance, but that's okay. I just can't wait for that place to be full and like to feel that again. Like I know that that's how it's going to be like on opening night, or at least on that Saturday night with the Kraken. But, uh, that'll be great. Speaking of the Kraken, like this is like a super tangent. I'm devastated. Like I am just broken up, but I am also so pumped um for Allison Lucan who's like going to be doing a lot of work with the Kraken this year as a studio analyst as a writer for the team's website and so if you're if you are a Blue Jackets fan you've been a Blue Jackets fan for a while like Allison's work it like it's not new to you like you're familiar with it like she has been such an important storyteller for this franchise for for years right and she's just such like I mean like An all-star and what she does, how she does it, and who she does it for. Like, she is just absolute salt of the earth. Uh, not only at what she does, but also just like the person that she is. Like, I have absolutely loved listening to her on Front Nationwide, and I was so sad. And like, I even got choked up when like Allison and Aaron were saying goodbye at the end of Front Nationwide. Um, and you know, the work that she does with Sarah Sivian and Shayna. Um, Oh, God, what's Shane's last name? I'm so sorry. Gold. It's gold something. Ah. Um, But, like, with the Too Many Men podcast, like, it's just, like, there's so much great stuff that she does. And now to add it to, like, working with the Kraken and telling their story as they start. Like, Allison is going to make a lot of Kraken fans. Like, she is. Like, that's just how she, like, writes. And that's just who she is as a person. Like, she's so good at telling these stories. And so I am very sad about Allison no longer doing work for the team that I love, but the sport is better for having Allison still in it. And I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, we are both huge fans of Allison. And I mean, Jeremy is my main hockey teacher, but I have learned so much from Allison, from the analytical side of things when it comes to hockey, to how to read this game, how to read, you know, what a player is doing on the ice. Had an incredibly like, Amazing interaction with her over Twitter um, this past winter after I attended the, um, you know, Hockey is for Her presentation by the Blue Jackets. Um, And, you know, being a female voice in this very male-dominated sport, like, for me to have someone who was part of the team that I love... Um, helped me see that there was a place for me and for my voice um, in this, in this sport, in this world. Um, And she's just such an incredible human and we will definitely miss her covering the blue jackets. But as we've said before, we are also (laughs) Seattle Kraken like Stan fans. Um, We cannot wait to see what they do and shout out to uh, precious Alexander Weinberg, um For becoming a dad this week, former Blue Jacket, current Seattle Kraken player. Um, he and his wife had a sweet, sweet baby little boy. Um, and yeah, so we love Allison. We support the Kraken, um, but it is bittersweet to see her move on from the Blue Jackets. But like Jeremy said, the game is better um, for her being in it.
1: No doubt. Well, Laura, We end the show on that emotional note. Uh, Is there anything else that we didn't cover in this one that is on your radar?
0: Not really. We've just got a bunch of fun, exciting things coming up. Um, We have a big interview that we will be dropping very soon that I think is going to be important for, for fans to listen to as we get closer and closer to that puck dropping on October 14th. Um, I know Jeremy and I are both super excited Uh, To talk with this person, and it's gonna be a really, really fun uh, interview for us to do. And yeah, just, I'm just excited. Hockey is back. I feel like, just like it's like Christmas only in fall. So, you know, being back in the arena, the cold, all of the arena sounds, the hockey song, I nearly cried when they played it last night. So, you know, I'm just excited. I'm just excited for hockey to be back.
1: As you should be. And I am going to, we have new equipment. So I'm like, I'm going to like switch it up on us. Are you taking my job? I'm taking your job. <sighs> you're, you're out. You're done. You're done so Whatever, um, just because
0: we got the fancier new mic.
1: Whatever. Um, y'all can find us having these conversations with all of you with anybody who wants to have them with us on Twitter at subjectively pod. You can find us on Instagram with the same at, Um, we've got a website. It's www.subjectivelyspeaking.com. Although I promise you that I haven't updated it in a fat minute. So I'm probably going to need to go back and do that at some point again with some of the fun stuff that we're announcing soon. That's definitely something we're going to want to do. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, subjectively speaking, and hopefully we're going to start diving into the YouTube world soon, question mark, period. I don't know. It's probably more of a question mark actually. Uh, but until we get the chance to, back here with you all um we hope that you are staying well and that you're going to watch the blue jackets take a win from detroit this weekend and that we see you at the arena here very soon bye